been so bloody long again. I'm, I'm not kind of, I'm sitting here not really sure <laughs> how to start. Well, we've just had a chat and we've just been chatting freely. And I'm not saying that any of that was podcast worthy, but I think we just need to chat. Okay. I think, I think that's what it is. But you're right. It's been a long time. It's now, uh, it's not quite middle of uh, February the 7th. Early, February the 7th. Um, so we, have, we didn't do one at all in January. Um, I was ill in January, but no, not that there was anything terribly wrong with me. But I did have, uh, I did have a fever for quite a few days, and that took it out of me. Uh, although now I feel fantastic. So whatever, whatever purge my body wanted to go through um, after Christmas, because I managed to get through. I was in smug mode. I don't know if you remember, because I've managed to get through all of Christmas right the way up to New Year feeling absolutely fine when everyone else has got the sniffles and got a cold and got this and got that. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm absolutely fine. Look at me. Uh, and then, Indestructible. Uh, and then it was, I'm, I'm putting it down to the drinking of um, of New Year's Eve. Right. Because um, I did have quite a bit. And then I didn't feel right after that. And I get, again, I think so many people don't put those associations together. It's like, you know, you abuse your body and it's going to... It's going to react. Or you just, <clears throat> excuse me, like me, yeah, I, I, so I haven't been drinking that much recently, but up until recently I was drinking um, very regularly. Ah, so normalise. You build up your tolerance. tolerance. Um, and, then, and then you're fine. Like Churchill. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, and particularly during, I remember during, <clears throat> I remember during lockdowns, I mean, I could have, I could have gone pro. It was, um... <laughs> well, so I, because I, I, I had this fever for over a week. It was ages. I remember um, jumping in and seeing you. And yeah, I was just I was just dead, wasn't I? Um, I I stopped eating. Um, I I was eating barely anything. I I was forcing myself to have, and this was after reading. Um, uh, it was in the the Gaps book uh, by Dr. Campbell McBride. Um, I was mixing together a spoonful of honey and a spoonful of butter, mixing that up. Just to and get calories in. That, and eating that um, maybe two or three times a day because I just did not want to eat at all. Um, so I lost I lost quite a bit of weight in a very short space of time. Um, and I've managed to keep it off. Nice. <laughs> um, and and the, the, the way I've done that is I realised throughout that period of time that I needed to... Uh, stop a couple of food addictions, mainly around sugar. So, as everyone probably knows, I'm carnivore. But that's not to say square of chocolate here or, you know, a bit of homemade brownie um, wasn't going down. And they were very lovely. And I was going, nom, 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 nom. <laughs> and I realised that the reaction I was having to that wasn't wasn't good. I was craving it I was thinking when am I it was like when am I going to get my next fix <laughs> um, so I used that as a break and I've gone you know completely cold turkey on it and it's been like two and a half three weeks now of that and um, again I just I feel so much better I've kept I've kept the weight off six packs pack <laughs> um, so I, I'm quite happy I've gone through that 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 process, and if my body wanted to do what it needed to do, then so be it. Well, do you remember I spoke to you? Would have been a week or so ago, I think, maybe maybe two weeks ago, um, saying that I have like a sore throat for the first. Yes. The first, the first time I felt ill, 
Well, you haven't it. mentioned anything the last few days, so I assume you didn't go downhill. Well, I had that, that, they were the first negative symptom, symptoms I've had since 2021, I think. Um, As in what, <clears throat> what we all called COVID at the time. Yeah, yeah COVID or cold, anything like that. I haven't yeah. had anything since 2021. And it, it was feeling a bit weird. It's like, I've got, I've got, these, got these weird symptoms. But yeah, by the, um, by the afternoon, gone. Yeah, I love I it. Dosed dose myself up with uh, chicken soup. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and I think that was about it. I'm trying to think, did I have some... I may have, I may have had some. Did I have some beef stock as well? I can't remember. I, 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 I yeah. I basically just I, had some kind of some kind of bone broth. So um, I daily now have a mixture, and I literally do mix it in a pan and heat it up. A mixture of beef bone broth and of chicken broth. Mm. Um, and so actually, that's yeah. The chicken broth is made more with the meat. Um, the you know, the whole carcass is in there as well, but that's not the same as if I was to make a stock. Mm. Um, the, the the bone broth is just from the bones, um, and that's cooked for a long time. Um, and I drink that every day. That is my that is my morning or morning and afternoon drinks, mm. um, and that's delicious more than anything. It's just a lovely, lovely drink <laughs> to have. Um, but that's replaced some tea. It's replaced some char. I'm having less chaga now. I'm only having kind of one or two chagas in the afternoon. Um, I'll be missing that actually. Um, but yeah, it's it it's healing. Mm. It's what it, it's what it does. It's good for you. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that was that was good. Um, you had some. We, we were going to get into reptilian overlords, weren't we? But uh, yes, before before we go down that particular rabbit hole, um, uh, I wanted to talk about something that popped up for me today, uh, which is just to do with the UK online harms or online safety bill or whatever the hell they've called it this time, because it's now it's now actually law. Yeah. Okay. It's been, it's been going around for and years. It has been going around for years, and there's been these. Um, they've been labelled victories when you know something gets delayed or pulled or changed and tweaked or whatever. And we always knew it was going to come back. We always knew it was going to come back, and it was going to have teeth. Um, but I just didn't. I haven't. I haven't been following any media. I don't. This is this is just because it, it it popped up in a um, uh, in an email uh, a newsletter um, and and there's some excerpts of the of, of the bill in here which I just think are just hilarious. Um, uh, so you know let's let's be clear that an offence a person commits an offence if the person sends a message the message conveys information that the person knows to be false. <laughs> so you can't no tell a joke. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, at the time of sending it, the person intended the message or the information in it to cause non-trivial psychological or physical harm to a likely audience, and the person has no reasonable excuse for sending the message. So my first question is, is it was a joke, my lud? It Would that be considered to be a reasonable excuse for sending the message? What I want to know is how you can send a message that can cause physical harm. I want that information. Quite. To cause non-trivial psychological, um, it's not clear to me whether the physical harm is also non-trivial, non-trivial psychological or physical harm. I, I just I would be happy to know how to cause any kind of physical harm by a message because I would I would put that information to good use. <laughs> yes, if only we'd send it to Rishi Sunak and Joe Biden. <laughs> um, yeah, so that it's. Like any of these things, it, that that reminds me of of um, the way that that's worded. 
just reminds me of the COVID regulations. Mm. The day one COVID regulations. So bearing in mind, you just said how many years this has been in the making. That's what they came up with. But it'll be the same retards writing it, won't it? Absolutely. Um, And those retards have created specific exemptions from the law. So we've got a recognised news publisher cannot commit an offence. What? (laughs) Hang on, hang on. So an offence cannot be committed by the holder of a licence under the Broadcasting Act. An offence so the only, be the only people that can lie by are the broadcasters. Of a multiplex licence. So we've got n- news media, broadcast television and radio, cinemas, and then the last one of the provider of an on-demand programme service. So Netflix and streaming services. They are all allowed... <laughs> look at your face. <laughs> they are all allowed... To do, careful, what what you and I are not. So, I mean, one, that is so arse about face, isn't it? The fact that the media organisations get an exemption for lying and, and we don't. But what if, I, what if I'm, uh, let's say I'm a, an amateur filmmaker or something like that and I record something and send it to you? That's, that's, clear, that's, that's a lie. And what if you, what if you somehow take offence at that? If I say, here, there's this new film I'm shooting... And uh, and I record a couple of scenes and I send them to you. Uh, you, you you get offended. Intend no no no. You in you need to intend it. So the 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 one saving grace in this is that it's got intent. Okay, proving intent can be very difficult. I th- I think they will they will make it extremely easy. Right. I, see, I think I don't think that's the. I I think the problem is that they can uh, define what non-trivial psychological harm is, and they can define what whether information is true or false. Now, mm. That's the bigger thing, because it's a classic thing of, well, of I mean, that, that's a stupid law, but if it was about policing something that's right or wrong, the problem with that is that we're not the ones who get to decide what's right or wrong. So you can think to yourself, well, I'm doing the right thing. But then they can change their mind and say, that's now not a right thing anymore. That's a wrong thing. Well, so, for example, if you, I guess if you'd, have sent, if you'd have sent a message to one of the branch Covidians in 2020 about how it was a lab leak, they could have got offended by that. And you, you must have known that they'd get offended by that. And then under, under that law, they could yes. have probably prosecuted you. But then, you know, down the line, oh, it's okay to talk about the lab leak now. Yes, I mean, as soon as the, or if you, if the you narrative said, changes. If you said, if you said the vaccines don't work, if you said what we were saying at the beginning, at the beginning of twenty twenty one, in that the vaccines aren't going to do anything and they're probably going to do you some harm. So I wasn't saying they would do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I was saying they would kill you. Um, if you said that in a message to a branch Covidian, under that law, um, you could have probably been prosecuted. Yeah. I mean, it's the it's the offence taking side of it that is obviously the yeah, but like, as you say, and, and the true stuff as well. Yeah, yeah, because what is considered true by the current paradigm, um, it, who can predict what it'll be at any particular given moment? Mm. But you can still get you can still get investigated for these non-crime hate incidents and stuff. There was a, there was a guy, and I'm sure it was in Britain, who was. Uh, the, and it wasn't it wasn't even a non-crime hate thing he got there was 
He got prosecuted for something. Phrase. But it was he was he had like he was a teacher or something, and he had posters on his classroom about like it's okay to be white, and he would like challenge all the narratives, and he like lost his job and uh, mm. and got done for something. Yeah, um, you know some kind of, some kind of hate speech legislation or something like that. It's and, all terrible, and that's without without this. This is before yeah. the online safety bill. Yeah. Oh, um, it's already been bad. Yeah. Um, so they can do it already if they want to. My wife, my wife said to me, "It must have been 2020, I think." And she said, "As soon as there's a dissent law, yeah, then we're, we're leaving off. the country." <laughs> and it was, and and her reason was because otherwise you will go to jail. <laughs> yeah, we'll be we'll be first in the gulag. Um, I mean, look, we won't because this is about the most public thing that we now that we now do and you know we have our loyal listeners but we're not posting on social media all day long and we have no big following um and that's for all sorts of reasons deliberate and otherwise so we won't be first in line but we're in that group Mm. because dissent is our thing (laughs) for good reason yeah absolutely anyway that's happened and so as I say, I don't feel any less safe myself because, as you say, anything that we say could have been deemed a non-crime hate incident or racist or, or anything else these days um, without any of this law. So it, I, I, don't, I don't really care um, too much about it. Um, I just think it's, I think it's amusing that the BBC almost by, by name in there have got an exemption along with, along with all of the other news outlets or whatever is, is there any have there been any reasons discussed as to why these government sanctioned because they're they're trusted organizations Andy. but that's surely that should be the whole point it's like they should be held to a if they're going to be they, they should, in my opinion everyone should be held to the same standard but if somebody's going to be held to a higher standard it should be the what, the you what, know what i find funny government licensed broadcasters what i find funny is that what they're saying is is that an organisation in that list can intend to cause psychological and physical non-trivial harm by spreading information they know to be false. Mm. That It's like you've got to flip it on its head. It, it's, it's a law that, that enshrines in law... That they can, their ability to do that they can they can deliberately lie it's now legal intending to cause you harm it's it's now legal for them to they've just legalized their um their misinformation disinformation malinformation and fake news i mean nothing's actually changed for them has it it's changed for us that's the bad thing but you can argue it's now specifically legalized Fake, fake news is now specifically legalised. Yeah, it always was, though, wasn't it? Not like that. I mean, now it's mentioned. They've, they've basically. What I'm saying is, is that they've basically defined what fake news is. Yeah, because fake news is dangerous. Yep. I mean, I'm using that that term as a broad term. But the the the, the um the terms you but were they using. Said you and I are not allowed to spread fake news, but they are. Well, the, but the terms you were using included more than fake news. Yes, it was a very broad. So yeah. you've got your misinformation, your disinformation, but the the one that I that makes me chuckle the most is malinformation, malinformation. Yeah. because that's <laughs> from from what I understand, that's information that's true. 
that causes them damage. Ah, uh, yes. So to be fair, that does say, and as, as, we've, as we've already mentioned, they get to define. It's an, it's an, an, unco- an uncomfortable truth. Is malinformation? It's stuff that yes. we don't want you saying that, even and though this, it's true. And this doesn't do that. This is stuff that you know to be false. Spreading stuff that you know to be false. Now, for now. Yeah. These these things never reduce in size. Exactly. They'll be they'll be you know it will start off being this online safety bill where you have to be telling a lie, you have to have intent, and you have to actually send it out to people. Yeah. Soon, it will contain stuff like malinformation. They'll remove intent, and it will be well just broadcasting it. So we could we could have so that oh, you, the, you, the won't way, to, you won't be able to think it. The way it. the way that we have our podcast is it's like it's a pull system in that we just leave it somewhere and people pull it. Yes. We don't send it out. But that will change. Yes. Yes. This If you host it on your server somewhere and give someone access to it. it, it it's classed as giving it to 8 billion people, <laughs> not opt in yeah. by the listener, yeah. which is what it actually is. Anyway, you had, you had something else that you wanted to talk about. Well, in general, I thought... And I don't want to, you know, personalise this too much, but it's time to talk about Dellingpole. And I, and I think that's partly what you want to talk about as well, because you mentioned Reptilian Overlords, so I assume well, you want to talk about David Icke. I, I and watched, there is a bit of a crossover there. I watched, yes, yeah, so I watched the David Icke... Um, have you watched the Dellingpole. actual interview? I watched the interview. So I haven't. Right. But I, what I have done is listened to some bits of him talking to Dick about it so there was one immediately after where he was talking about it in a bit of an uncomfortable kind of way and he said oh, I might get into it in a in an article or something at some point then I read the article two or three weeks ago I sent it to you didn't I um, where he does get into it in a more serious way and that's really the focus I want to talk about here because he talks about kind of religion versus new age and so then I went back so before Christmas, I think it in fact was the Dick and James kind of Christmas one. It must have been only a week or so before Christmas. Um, and it was interesting hearing them talk there because James was basically saying some of the stuff that he, he then went on to write in this article. So he was already... And, and, and Dick was totally there with him as well on it. And I, I just want to talk it through with you because it... Yeah, I, I read I read the article first, and then I yeah. watched the because there was a link to the um, to the video. Yeah, um, so I I watched that a couple of nights so, ago, like two so in the morning. Ha- is it, is it uncomfortable? Is it is it is it a, in quotes a bad interview? Does it not flow? Are they just not getting on? Because um, it's uncomfortable for James. Right. I I thought um, I I didn't I didn't think um, David Icke was was bad at all. To be honest, I mean, was he just on broadcast mode? With his, because I, I I get, and again James gave him some slack when he was talking about this, saying, "Look, he's been doing this for years and years and years and years and years." Yeah, and I so, didn't I didn't quite like the slack that James gave him as well, because he said, "Well, maybe he's not a quick fire wit and stuff like that." I thought that was that was kind of uncalled. No, but I'm saying it, you you've by this point you've probably got some fairly well, let, well let, rehearsed answers. Okay, yeah, but let me set this up for you as well because you're lacking some context. If sure. you haven't seen it, so. In the, I think in the article, and and I'm sure he, I think he mentioned that in one because I listened to the um the, I listened to one 
Dick and James podcast, but there wasn't really much in it. And so I listened to the one previous where they were talking about it. And he, where he was saying he wanted it to be like a conversation. Yeah. But it was not set up like a conversation at all. So they were on stage um, in chairs, not even facing each other. So they were facing the audience. Um, you can't have not, a conversation when you're facing ex- each other. Exactly. And the sorts, the sorts of questions that James was asking kind of were like big open questions that, that, that almost required a speech Right. Um, so, if you wanted a conversation, you it, didn't go about it the right way. No, no, not at all. You know, it should have been a more intimate setting. Yep, by all means, have an audience, but at least you know, sit like you and I are now, where you can, we can we're yeah. facing each other. We can at least look each other in the eye, um, and and you know, and there were no, for, for example, there didn't seem to be certainly not for the first half. There didn't really seem to be follow-up questions based on. David Icke's answers. He just had a list of questions. He had like, he was like asking about this, and then yeah, and then asking about this. And that's a very Michael Malice way of doing an interview. Yeah, very but, well prepared. But, my, but but doesn't go into the doesn't push on anything. Yeah, it depends on who he's interviewing. Because um, if he, if he's trying to if he's trying to interview someone and get as much packed in as possible, he, he will that. do that. <laughs> but then he won't complain about it afterwards. Oh, no, I didn't say he did. Um, um, and when he, when, he gets, when he gets people on there that he's had more than once, then he starts interacting sure. a bit more. But most of the time, if you, if you see interviews where he's interviewing someone for the first time, <clears throat> he'll have researched all their work um, and yeah, he's he, he'll, to get. he'll be trying just trying to get as much. Like, remember the first, Alex, first time Alex Jones was on there? <gasps> yeah. Okay, what about this? What about this? What about this? What about yeah. this? And it was like a hunt, it was like a quick fire round. How many conspiracy theories can I fit into an hour? And it was yeah. brilliant. Um, he's been on a few times since. Um, and actually, that it reminded me. So there was um, one of the first times that Alex Jones and Michael Malice were on the say, I think it might have been Tim Paul or something like that. It was on some yeah. show together. And I, I, they knew of each other, but I don't think they'd been on on anything together. To, together, and Alex Jones was found himself being a little bit uncomfortable because he was he wasn't the most radical in the room. I um, remember you saying this before. And, yeah, you know, he found himself having to defend some state institutions and stuff, and he wasn't really he just wasn't used to it at all. Um, and they, you know, he, he got a little bit not aggressive, but he was you know he was a little bit kind of snappy with his answers back and stuff. Uh, and they both kind of made up afterwards, you know, saying, look, oh, this, you know, they kind of chatted about it afterwards and, and discussed it. And now they're good mates and they're on each other's show all the time and all that kind of stuff. But at the time, it was like a little bit uncomfortable viewing. Mm. And it, it reminded me of that a little bit in that James has got someone on stage who's no longer, he's no longer the most radical person in the room. Yeah. And he's got someone who's like a little bit more extreme on everything. And, and does not handle it. And perhaps he's, I'm, I'm guessing, but perhaps it was, you know, he wasn't quite, wasn't too sure. Because normally, James can interview somebody. And, you know, he can, like, try and, you know, eke information out knowing that he's more radical and more extreme than them. Whereas this is ah. complete. So I'm not sure if that influenced it at all, but it did remind me there was a little bit of... I mean, I... Th- it was a bit uncomfortable. Because, uh, again, he, he, he's been blaming, you know, clashing of styles and all that kind of thing. Um, but and, and th- th- there are ways around that. And, and, and I think there's every chance that... I mean, it was massively overhyped. It was, I've finally got David Icke on an interview, you know. Yeah, and, and there I, was, he, he, you know, it, it, it was overhyped and, and there was the, yes, you know, where it's, you know, it's, it's going to be it's me happening. and David Icke. Yeah. He didn't read a single book, not even bits of one of his books. Right. Nothing. 
And he said that like, all, like really early on. He's like, I haven't read any of your stuff. And that's fine. But that you've got to accept that that then makes it a certain sort of conversation. Yeah? And, and you can't just dismiss anything that he might bring up because of that. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, there were so there were. I've got a, I've got a few notes here actually, um, and it did start off quite amicably, you know, as you as you might expect. But it was it was like an interview style, mm. you know. If I if I wanted to interview somebody and, and then to have them to, you know, how like for example, if I if I had Alex, if we had Alex Jones on, or if if, if we had if we were doing like a live podcast, I need about eight hours <laughs> <laughs> um, with uh, Fetzer or someone like that, I would just want to set him up and let him go. Because he's just so entertaining, and I would be happy not to talk very much. I'll, yes. I'll, I'll be, you know. So, Dan, right? So that is, and to be fair, I've never watched one of his um, live shows. Um, uh, but Germ Warfare, yes, he he just kind of prods and nudges occasionally to steer, doesn't he? Yeah, um, and that and that's kind of it. Uh, he doesn't want to hear his own voice. He wants to hear what the other person's come to say. Yeah, and if if I you know if I wanted to do that, the the way I would set it up is exactly the setup that James had with David Icke. Right. You know, it was set up to be this. I'm going to be the interviewer, and you're going to answer these questions. Just say what you want to say. Yeah. yeah. So it is. So what was his problem? I mean, but so so you said the first half. So did the second half then? Can can you describe how it started to? Not work. Um, well, so I don't really want to characterise it because all I've all I've yeah, got is well, them talking about it after the event. So the the first uh, the first bit was uh, was well, it, and to be honest, I enjoyed the whole thing. Um, okay. So it wasn't you know it's worth it's worth watching. I was going to say, would you recommend it to me? Yeah, I, yeah, right, it's, okay. it's worth watching. Um, and David Icke is very entertaining. Mm. Um, uh, so yeah, James sort of introduces him and yeah, and says says nice things obviously because you know at this point he's hoping mm. to be that you know, they'll become mates I guess. Um, and then he asks stuff about because he was talking about how you've been how he, you know, how, how David Icke has been good on uh, the Ukraine war mm. and the you know the, what's happening in the Middle East at the moment with kind of Israel Palestine stuff. Um, so which opens up David Icke to give his position on on those. Yeah, and, and that's 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 interesting and fascinating as well. Okay, and then they start talking about some of the other kind of more. Um, uh, kind of some other really interesting things. So I, I have to say, I would go straight for the reptilians. They didn't go straight there, but I would. I That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Me too. They I, did, would, he, I would want. I, if anything, I want. To, I want to start there and then bring it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. I mean, they did, and, and they did talk because they kept threatening to go into adrenochrome and stuff. Um, but they never did. They never, never really did in any detail. But he was mm. talking about. Um, so they're like beings that are out of out of sight, like that we can't that we can't see. They can yeah. kind of come like almost like, I mean, this, these are my words, not his, but like like in and out of phase. That is, yeah. is the way I would describe it. Yeah. And he was talking about um, how there are these beings, and they, I think they hate, they like low frequencies and they hate high frequencies. And that, in fact, actually, sure. And I've been, let me. You are rummaging. I am. Here, do you know what this is? Well, it's going to be a rock. It is. Um, do, do you know what they are? This is very warm because it's been in your pocket. Um, it's quite dark in here. No, I've got no idea what that's. Tectite, three little bits of tectite. Right. Okay. Tectite. Tectite. Apparently, that's really high frequency. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been I've been carrying them in my pocket. Okay. Because if it does nothing, I've, I've, I haven't lost anything. 
Um, anyway, so they were talking about they were talking about that kind of stuff, um, and then. The kind of, I mean, we can loosely, again, I'm using a very specifically religious word here, but it's the kind of demons conversation. Yes. Isn't it? And, and again, there's various stories from various kind of sides. And yeah, just because the one religious side calls them demons doesn't mean they are demons, but doesn't mean they don't exist either. No, correct. And then and then they, they got into, um, they were kind of talking a little bit about religion and stuff. And then, and that's when James kind of got a bit, I, I don't remember. I don't remember David Icke saying anything specifically bad about religion. Right. James mentions in his articles that he made some kind of jibe, and he said that I mentioned my religion en passant, which he didn't really do. He was kind of you know saying, "Well, this is what I believe, and what what do you, what do you believe?" And it was quite. It was a bit kind of binary thinking. Mm. I think. Like I say, as soon as you described it, that that sounds very us and them all of a sudden. Yeah. And let's face it. If if he'd asked that, asked that question, then what what can we do other than politely say, <laughs> "I don't believe in any of that crap." Well, and and James was asking about he was asking kind of almost loaded questions about kind of meaning and stuff and like how you know and and all right. kind of like obviously that's a that's such a classic religionist I know point of view, isn't it? Especially in Christian religions is they don't think. In fact, they specifically think it's been proven that you can't derive meaning. From anything other than religion, or or a belief in God, specifically. I mean, I just don't think it's possible. But but what if what if what David Icke is saying is not is not you know it doesn't have foundations in any kind of belief. He's just yes. presenting what he believes to be the facts. But yes. does, does that make them any less fact-like? <laughs> you know, it it just it was it was a real it was James was it it sounded like James was trying to find religion in what David Icke was saying. I think that's an excellent observation because I think that's now all he can do. Right. And that's maybe a generalisation, of course, but it feels like... I, 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 just, I, I have a belief system that I need, so what is, what he, is yours? He, James didn't just find religion. He's found it and now... It, it's just it keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger in his life and and it and I I'm 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 finding it fascinating to kind of observe and observe with the one in the one in 20 or 30 podcasts of his that I actually listen to now I read I read all of his substack because he doesn't publish very often um, and so I get an email when he's you know once or once every one or two months he'll write an article and I mean, and what's what's fascinating is that you know I, I read that article which, which I want to get into in a minute, and I was like, oh my god, <laughs> how ironic. Uh, let's let's not bring him into it. Um, but then he sent one since, which is you know pretty much sound as a pound, you know, and doesn't really mention religion. And I wondered actually how calculated that was, whether he got the usual pushback from people like us, maybe. Um, and uh, not that I've ever given any pushback other than in this podcast. Um, and so they decided to try and play to the other half of his base because I'm, I'm, I'm sure he's dividing his crowd and I'm sure he doesn't mind in the same way that we don't mind dividing our crowd um, because that's not what it's about. But I mean, his website is all about how tens of thousands of listens and all this kind of stuff he gets. 
a, right. a, a day and a week and a month or whatever. So it obviously does mean something to him. Yeah, because it, it was and it it was a bit kind of it was a bit purity test stuff. Mm, do you know what I mean? I do. Um, early on in the interview, because he was asked he was asked about like the Wogan interview and and that period of time and stuff as well, which I thought I wouldn't have perhaps gone there. Um, I, I would, but un- it, wouldn't, unless, it wouldn't have been. It would have been loved your work on Rogan. Yeah, Wogan. I was going to say that, been, that, that. That would have been the only thing I would have said is that I was I was one of the guys who really enjoyed it and well, but also uh, yeah, didn't just, find it offensive at all and you know hated what you went through after that. And, well, and um, I would I would hold it up as an, uh, an iconic <laughs> yes um, moment um, because I think anyone in the conspiracy realist space knows that as one of the one of their earliest memories if you like well and that was that was the first the first instance of council culture that i think i yeah um, you know i i ever knew yeah um, i mean he couldn't you know he couldn't walk down the street could he and we i remember at the time everyone talking about it oh did you see the wogan interview uh, yeah um because we, we used to watch wogan didn't we yeah you know, it was like seven o'clock Legend. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, whatever. Um, used to quite like it. Didn't didn't like that. In didn't like Wogan's treatment on that interview. Um, it was. I'm trying to think of a, a modern um, comparison. Um, that I'm sure I could if I had more time. Um, but there's the people who go in with bad faith. Yeah. And that's what Wogan reeked of in that interview. Um, well, yeah, because he, he was saying, because the audience were like chuckling, and he says. You realise they're laughing at you, you know. He was like, it was, it was really awful. There was an interview that uh, Terry Wogan did with David Icke, relatively. I say, you know, it wouldn't have been that recently because obviously he passed away, but it would have been like, right, maybe five, ten years ago, right. And uh, and David Icke properly held his own and and made Wogan look a little bit silly. Okay. Um, Bit more practiced, yeah, and then. and to be, I think to be fair, I think Wogan like, apologised a little bit for going in, you know, sure. quite as hard as he did. Well, fair play to him doing it again. Yeah, um, so they did, but but I I kind of I kind of I kind of miss that David Icke as well because there was mm. a certain there was like a certain innocence about him, and everything was just all about love and and being nice, and he was just such a kind, nice, innocent man, and then. Of course, they, you're they, going to they, be. They put him through that, and yeah. and he was saying that he'd he'd had this like epiphany. He went. It was abroad somewhere, wasn't he? he? Had these visions and had this epiphany, and he said for like three months of his life, he didn't really know what was up and what was down. And mm. the Wogan interview was in the middle of that. Um, although I would have, you know, I I would have I would perhaps defend that Wogan interview, you know, um, yeah, one hundred percent. But I can understand him rowing back a bit now. Mm. Um, oh, but you got to look at the stuff you said. We, we look at the stuff we've said early on, and you know you could do it better now because we know more now. I mean, sure. That's, so that's. But I don't. Th- I don't. Th- I because I, I I remember going down a little bit of a David Icke rabbit hole a year or two ago, and rewatched the Wogan interview mm. and a whole bunch of other interviews he did yeah. as well. Yeah. And he was great on all of them. Really, really good. Yeah, kind of. Uh, it would have been very extraordinarily polite, well spoken, knowledgeable. End of, end of twenty twenty, beginning of twenty twenty one. Where, where I picked up David Icke again. Yeah. Um. And, and all of his COVID stuff was so coherent, so coherent. Um. And yeah, he's obviously 
become a lot more popular mm. uh, as a result of all of this. Yeah, but there was but there was stuff uh, so early on in the in the interviews where he was talking about how now instead of um, he specifically made a point of trying to find common ground with people, or saying that he always tries to find common ground with people. Okay. So whenever I speak to, because he's obviously used to being extremely radical, mm. and he says, what I do now is I just try and find common ground with, with people and, and find out what we, you know, the, what we share mm. as opposed to our differences. And then, of course, like, you know, James starts going off on one, you know, half, halfway through, two-thirds of the way through, saying that, hang on, you're on, you're on their side. And, yeah, you know, um, you know, it was, you know, basically accusing him of, of, of you know, of being in league with, you know, really? the vice wielders and all that kind of stuff. Or at least being, a, at least being like a useful idiot. Um, well, and again, we've talked about the people use the term controlled opposition, but it's it, there's all sorts of different yeah. um, types in that. And he talks about that, and then um, uh, and David Ike was still trying to be really friendly at this point, saying, "Look, you know, we, as I said earlier, we need to find we need to find you know we need to we need to talk about what we have in common. Yeah, you know, we, we we've still got a lot in common." And uh, and James like, "No, no, we don't. We're on completely the opposite side, or something like that." He and he was really quite aggressive. Um, so that bit was a bit uncomfortable. So um, you watched it. I watched it, and you felt very much on David Icke's side. <laughs> is what I'm getting from this. By the end, you're thinking, I don't think you've had a fair hearing, and I don't think that was. Well, it was. It was. I mean, it wasn't quite another Wogan interview. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and I, I, it was quite unnecessary from what you were saying. Yeah, it did, and I don't think. I mean, it. it I don't think that. David Icke was it, like, so the Wogan interview had the audience laughing at him. Yeah. In this one, it wasn't like that at all. You know, no. they, it, it, it struck me that the audience was on his side, and yeah. I felt a little bit uncomfortable for James Dellingpole. Um, yeah. Because I, I, I think he's, I think on everything else, Dellingpole's brilliant. Yes. Um, and we've, you know, we, we would defend him on everything else. But Stop just on, with on your this. non-binary thinking. <laughs> well, I, I'm sorry. I, I, I had a question I was going to ask. That's a great note. We, could, we should name the podcast that non-binary thinking. So. <laughs> <laughs> are you uh, are you are you team binary thoughts or team <laughs> non-binary thoughts? <laughs> We're having the same thought right now. I remember, yeah. I remember, I remember making myself chuckle. Just you know, it's just um... yeah, I'm definitely for non-binary. <laughs> <laughs> I, I made the point a couple of years ago that, that people who identify as non-binary are the most binary thinkers. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so it was it was you're just... either non-binary or you're not. <laughs> Thus creating a binary. Um, right, can we talk about the article then? We can, we can. Because that it fascinated me reading this. And it, and it felt like... It felt like battle lines were being drawn. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? And it, and it felt like suddenly... Um, some of my views were suddenly being pitted against James's. And it felt like there was a very specific, right, I'm going to I'm going to draw this line now and I'm going to list all these things and he <laughs> I mean pretty much said in the last in the last Delling pod with Dick before Christmas that yoga was evil. Yeah, I remember you telling me about that. And and of course he was saying you know, it's not quite that simple. But the idea that you can, I'm going to just use layman's terms here, but, you know, meditate yourself to a higher plane. 
and maybe communicate on a different level that you're you're tapping into something dark and that's essentially what well, he's saying yes and, and all of these things lead to something lead to something that only comes from the devil well so my question is if that's if that's the case because i like thinking these through mm. so if that's the case so if you if you none of it made sense Addy. if you're going to meditate um uh, or whatever you call it you there's, know, there's a limit sit, sit and think <laughs> And if you get to the point where you're communicating with something else yep. out there, yep. are the only things that are out there evil? According, according to James... That's my question. Um, if, if they talk back, then they can't be God. <laughs> It's the way I'm categorizing but I, it. I thought, I thought, but Christian, God doesn't answer. But Christian, no, but Christians talk about having a two-way conversation with God all the time. They're lying. They're lying. It's. I I think, I think if if you hear a voice, then it's a demon, and that's the easy way for them to kind of categorize. But it's not even that. It's it's energies. It's vibrations. It's it's all of these other things. They don't believe that consciousness comes anything other than from the one true magical sky fairy. And, and that represents a serious problem for, for them. Other than you invent... I mean, I, you can twist, obviously, this in knots, which is, which is quite good fun, you know, because well, God created the devil. So God must, God must quite like evil. You know, do you know what I mean? You can go down these kind of routes where you can start saying, "Well, he must have known that was going to happen," <laughs> and, and all of and all of that. Um, I still, I still like the um, uh, the kind of Garden of Eden story as well. In that, you know, you've got you've got this you've got this tree of forbidden fruit, and God has told you you can't eat this um, because it didn't, because you'll die. Um, and then the snake comes down and says, "You'll be all right." <laughs> So they eat it and they don't die. And it's like, who's the who's the liar in that story? I don't I don't know where to begin because you're <laughs> you're doing you're 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 talking about a mistranslation anyway, right? Yeah, but even by their own standards, it's not an apple. Even, even by their own, I don't think it's a snake either, from my understanding. No, <laughs> um, but even even by their own standards in their own stories is oh, what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. So I've been I've been reading a lot more of the Bible. Um, I've been reading very specific um, chapters because I've read through it's my second reading of Gods of the Bible by Mauro Biglino. Um, so I've now read uh, the Naked Bible and Gods of the Bible twice. Um, and and this time, this time I've gone through Gods of the Bible and I've had my phone on me the whole time. And there's, uh, I mean, there's, there must be tons of these websites, but I'm on a particular website that's got about a hundred different translations of the Bible. And it's just a little Bible search engine. And so you can either search for words or you can just put the um, the book and the chapter in or whatever, and then have it show you that verse. And then you can spin between the different translations. Um, and bearing in mind, I'm doing that on pa- on passages that Mara Biglino has translated from the, you know, the Masoretic Hebrew or whatever, um, and saying, no, that's, that's what it means. 
Um, it's fascinating then seeing how the different interpretations are, and they've you know they've got they've got crap versions like the like the versions like the Living Bible or stuff that you, that we had as a kid. Oh, the Good News Bible, Good and... News, and all that kind of stuff. And obviously, they've got your classic King James and everything. But the one I was drawn to is called the Names of God Bible, and I and I went to that, and I and it, it was I was right. I went to it hoping that words like Elohim and Yahweh were still in there very specifically and they are so that's a that's a really good one to go for and there's another one there's some geneva bible from like 1599 or something so it's one of the oldest translations in uh, in this list um and again you'll often find stuff in there not as much propaganda not being as twisted yeah interestingly so i was there, there was in the article and some of the videos that james posted in the article i had a quick flick through some of those right there's talk about um, so David Icke communicating with I can't remember the, this this guy's name, but it was some kind of like ascended master. I think they were describing them as, right. which is basically someone who has obtained a like some kind of a higher consciousness. I right. think um, and now communicates with people. And there are supposedly so many of these beings in the in the solar system or whatever. And right. I, I didn't go too deeply in it, but I was I thought you know I'll just double check. Well, I say double check. I'll kind of do a little bit of research on this as well. So I went on the internet, and I'm kind of typing in the name of this uh, this kind of ascended master. I couldn't find anything, um, but then I typed in the name and ascended master, and I found these websites about these. And there, it turns out there are different spellings of you know ah, okay. this, this this guy's name, and and there's you know this this guy's supposed to have been reincarnated into certain people, and now right. he's you know. Somewhere else and communicating, whatever. But there were these different types of ascended masters, and one of them were like I think there was like the Archangel Michael was one of them, and all this kind of stuff. And there were like the kind of various ones, and there were different categories of okay. like ascended masters. And one of them was Elohim. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's like, well, so James, that's you now. <laughs> this is you know, this is almost like you know, this is. So yeah. that's a yeah. So that's that's taking, that's taking the stuff they found in in the Bible and trying to fit it with other things, isn't it? Or the other way around. Well, put, yeah, in the fact, other. quite specifically, and in fact, I think that's what James is trying to do now, yeah. is anything he finds, he tries to fit it with the Bible. And so I think he's genuinely interested in um, uh, what the Nephilim are, for example, something well, like that. Dick certainly is. Yeah. He seems more interested in in, 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 in things like he was interested in the Emperor Constantine and stuff and, and that kind of thing, isn't he? Yes, I've heard him mention that. Um, but there seems to be this... Uh, this uh, uh, As soon as you can somehow associate... Uh, the, it's like James's favourite phrase is Luciferian. Yeah. Yeah? And, and all he's trying to do is find some link to something that someone might have said something, I suppose slightly dodgy or whatever. And I haven't looked into it. He was talking about some organisation that um, that Ike's associated with or whatever. And I suppose I need to. I need to, again. I need to go well, in and dig on this. So stuff. it was. It was an organisation who somebody somebody else communicated with this higher being, or the same higher being that David Ike has supposedly right. communicated with. That's the. That's and that's the link. The link. That's the link. And this organisation promoted various new age things, um, and but also is. Um, kind of like influencing like the UN and that kind of stuff as well. Right. Um, so there's definitely some dodgy stuff about that yeah. organisation. But 
it's you know you can oh you could draw you can, one of those Carol Cadwaller diagrams for James Dellingpole and make him look bad. But even it's the well, so and so believes this. Well, Adolf Hitler used to believe that as well. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like that, isn't it? I mean, but, Hitler was a Zionist, remember? <laughs> but it's um, it's it's the level is well, it's almost like it reminded me of like well, if he's for it, I'm against it. Yeah, it's that kind of level. Yeah. And, and uh, well, so you know, so and so had those beliefs, and they were evil. And you have the same beliefs, so you know. Yeah, but, but, all, he, but, but James, all, all you have to article, do is look through look through Christianity. Oh, I, don't get me started, but he he was very specifically targeting the New Age movement. He mm. was using David Icke as uh, a key figure, a cheerleader for the New Age movement. But he was saying he was saying New Age was demonic. Mm. Is 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 what he was specifically saying. And that's why it felt like battle lines were being drawn. Um, and again, doing the very opposite of what you were saying that David I was trying to do in the in the interview, which is find common ground. So rather than saying right, okay, I've I've got I've got my religion stuff. Not everyone is is on board with that, but all the other people who think that there is evil in the world, but it doesn't necessarily come from a specific divine being, fallen angel, yada yada yada. But if they think the evil's the same, then surely I should, you know, try and bring them along my side. But he's not doing that. He's 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 just thinking that if you watch Harry Potter, then that's a bit dangerous because that's talking about magic. Well, yeah, and it's also it, it it seemed to me that you could be very very loosely affiliated with any of these things and yes. perhaps practice some of the some of the completely harmless things. Yeah, I I, I just showed you some crystals that I had that I've been carrying around. Yeah. Um, you know, you and I have discussed in the podcast before that, that, that I, I don't know, I can't explain stuff, but some crystals do certain things. Like I can have, I can have unicite under my pillow, and I remember my dreams. It's worked for me. It's worked for you. It's worked for your relatives. For my relatives. Um, my, my brother-in-law bought a piece like this big. Nice. Okay, I'm talking like two inches. This is a, you know, a, a sizable rock. And it was really funny. He sent me a photograph of him holding it in his hand, and I went, "That's a beast." And he went, "It didn't look like that online." <laughs> And he, and he just he sent me a photograph of himself holding this thing, saying, um, "I'm strapping myself in for some amazing dreams tonight." Yeah, so, that, so I haven't convinced him that this works. I know it works. So you you and I will be open to these things. <laughs> Can but I just according, this according, one point, <laughs> he forgot he put it under his pillow, and then went and watched Hollow Man, and he had the most horrific dreams. <laughs> what a muppet. <laughs> Uh, anyway, um, but so you and I are open to these things, but yeah. it, it, it would strike me that James Dellingpole would he perhaps would think, think that we're Luciferian. Yes. Because we, yes. Or, and or we, we're certainly and on we, a path to... We know not what we do. We're tapping into something here. This this devil rock, <laughs> this devil dream rock, rock that you speak of, you, you don't realise that's that's the occult, Andy. You know, you, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't dabble in that. But that's, that's his view. Another thing, though, and you know, you can, as I said, you could go back and, and think, you know, you could, you could, I mean, think of all the evil things that has been done in the na- in the na- not just by Christians, but in the name of Christianity through, yeah. through the throughout the years. And that's just picking one religion. Yeah, well, I'm just picking that because that's his. Yeah. Um, but you could, you know, if he's he's talking about meditating being bad, and sitting down, concentrating, and communicating with a higher being. I mean, what's praying? <laughs> Genuinely, seriously, what, what's what's the difference? Oh, because that's God, Andy. 
That's God. God. That's the good guys. Can you? <laughs> you can see my point, though. Of course, I can see your point. Of course, I can see. And the, and the thing is, is that, um, you know, after after reading these passages, these are these properly originally translated passages, and getting the definitions of of Satan, of the Satan, and and Lucifer, and all of these things, is it's completely dispelled any tiny doubt I may have had that no let me get that the right way around any possibility that I thought that there might actually exist hell and the devil just and it was only a very 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 tiny thing at the back of my mind has now just completely gone and so now when I see people talking about oh that's devil worship and oh yeah look at that luciferian and oh this is about Baal and all this I just laugh and I think don't worry about that and I you know there are evil people who are using the symbolism I was gonna say, of those to, to me to me it's probably a red it, it can it can be a slight it can be a red flag oh I'm, I'm not saying that there aren't people on the dark side that are using that symbolism um, and 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 doing horrific things yeah okay but those things themselves don't matter the the symbolism the invocation, all of that kind of stuff. It's just the fucking evil things they do. They can do it in the name of whatever they like. Um, but it doesn't matter whether they're drawing a bloody pentagram on the ground. It really it really doesn't. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, the one thing that, that, again, this is why it was... It a pentagram of, of protection, by the way. <laughs> this, is why, this is why it surprised me a little bit as well, because James is, you know, he's he's he didn't appear to cope very well with David Icke having differing opinions on things mm. but he's done a podcast with bloody Toby Young for how many years I know how is he not used to that has that is that finished yet I think it has because they did they did they did say this is going to be like a well, well we're not going to be podcasting as often but then they just I'm haven't not done sure it. they've podcasted since right yeah I I haven't been able to listen to that for years but yeah you're right that's a very good point I mean he 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 literally spent years talking to someone that he disagreed with. Didn't start off that way. Did you notice he used Sagan standard in the um in the article as well? Um remind me. That's the extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. That's Sagan standard, isn't it? Is it? Yeah. Right. That's the one where you said you don't like that at all. No, I don't. I was about to say I'm I'm I disagree with that wholeheartedly. I, d- <laughs> I think we've talked about that yeah, on the podcast. I, 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 think I get that that's what it appears you need. But it shouldn't. I Yeah, I, I think it probably means if you're trying to claim five things, you might need five, you know, five bits of evidence to back it up. Because there's, there's not... It's not how it's used, though, is it? I think it's used incorrectly, for sure. Yeah. But there's, you know, you, ex- extraordinary... Extraordinary the evidence claim. might be what's need might might very well be what's needed. There's no there's yeah, no but to say you you definitely need it. The only the only the only way you can say it is if you are kind of cancelling each other out. If you're saying extraordinary claim, extraordinary evidence, it's that the evidence will be extraordinary because the claim is extraordinary. Yeah, but if that's a subjective look at it, so. 
actually you can remove the extraordinary from both of those and just say a claim requires evidence <laughs> and that's it that, so it, it's to me it's almost like a tautology you, you well, don't yeah, need to it, say it, a claim requires evidence it doesn't matter whether it's extraordinary or not you might find that the evidence you think the evidence is extraordinary because it's proving something that is extraordinary but it's just evidence the evidence can't be simple or extraordinary it's just evidence well it, it reminds so it reminded me i remember doing a course years and years ago sort of in over 20 years ago probably 25 years ago no long longer than that you're quite old now yeah i know um and it, it was on soft skills and like how to kind of deal with customers and, and clients and that kind of thing right and they were talking about and it was, it was all rubbish well actually it wasn't all rubbish but there was a lot of it was rubbish and they were talking about things like they were asking these really loaded questions about like the volume you should have and stuff and it's and they're asking questions like you know if you're dealing with this this type of customer should you should you you know or should you use loud volume or should you use appropriate volume and everyone's going <laughs> oh, of course you should use appropriate like, appropriate and loud are not opposite no there are times there are times when loud will be appropriate yeah. and then how do i answer that did you say that yeah i, I got in trouble all the time with with this kind of thing yeah um, well that's because it's wrong yeah Loud or appropriate? That's hilarious. That was that was, that was in like the official course. Really? Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. So, so you 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 require appropriate evidence. Yes. But as I say, which term, may which may or may not be extraordinary. But the term extraordinary is subjective, so I just don't care. Do you know? Do you see what I'm getting at? I don't think you can objectively say something extraordinary. Because to you it might be extraordinary, to me it might be quite ordinary. <laughs> so it's just it's a pointless it's a pointless standard, and it's and it's and it's used to to it's used by people, and it's a shame if James is using it in this way. And I can't remember it from the article, so I'd have to check. But it's used by people to somehow up the standard required of the evidence of yeah, the other I'd, person. I'd, yeah, I think it's I think that's being. It's it's being used badly. Yeah, um, like all of these, like all of these mantras. And the, and the, I need to go back to the articles. I don't want. I don't. I don't want to say he's doing. It. You, you've you've mentioned he he invoked it. Did, can you remember specifically that he invokes it in order to try to raise the standard of the evidence that that David I needed to bring? Is that how he was using it? Yeah, I'm trying to uh, hang on. You're trying to find it. Well, so the article isn't available online anymore. Oh, really? Uh, well, I've yeah. got the email. Well, no, I've got the yeah. So I, I fortunately, I copied it. Um, and I, I find that very interesting. He's taken it offline. Yeah. Well, no, it's it's, it's on there, but it's like a paid subscriber one now, so not everybody can can read it. Right. Okay. Um, interesting. So, so I'll read you the paragraph. Okay. Uh, the fact that Ike does not appear to hold himself to the same standards is a red flag for me. Like most truth seekers, I'm genuinely open to the possibility that everything I currently understand about the world and the afterlife may be wrong, up to and including the shape of the planet. I know. That's flat Don't stuff, isn't get it? me started. Um, or esoteric stuff like soul traps and whether when you die, you're meant to avoid the light or follow it. Ike, judging by the stridency of his tone, the dogmatism of his assertions, and his ill-disguised impatience with those who don't share his point of view, which is, I mean, that's Pot kettle. a bit projection. Anyway, <laughs> Christians most especially appears to think he knows all the answers, 
but extraordinary claims require extraordinary proofs. And if his sources are as obviously tainted as, say, a pamphlet published in the 1920s by a Freemason with an obvious axe to grind and no evidence to back up his claims, I can't say I'm terribly convinced. I, I, that's a, that's a, that's a straw man. It is. That's exactly what it is. He's found one. What a shame. Isn't it though? He's found one slightly dodgy, tenuous link, and and that's what that entire paragraph rests on. And uh, you can find, uh, yeah, it doesn't need to be said, does it? It is a shame. I mean, I credit I credit James Dunningpole with a serious amount of my awakening. Do you know? Do you know? Do you know what I'm saying? Or at least accelerating it. He's like a catalyst. As in, he's, he has introduced me to people that I now regularly consume way more than I consume stuff from him. Well, I but, used, but he's the one who interviewed them first, and so that's how I got into something. Yeah, and I used, to, I used to like his Telegraph column back in the day. It would have been like sort of 2008, 2009, maybe that oh, kind he of was thing. a reason to subscribe to The Spectator. And yeah, Spectator song was, was great. Um, Watermelons. Such a book. Amazing. Yeah. Um, so he's done some fantastic work. I but just, it's I disagree with him on this. But it's the religion stuff. Yeah. And so picking apart that sentence you just read, um, I mean, <laughs> am I supposed to have a tolerance for Christian views when I know them to be bollocks? I mean, I can be tolerant of the person in front of me, and I can be, I suppose, gentle is the right word but I don't need to be open to the possibility that that what you say is right and what you say is true I mean I, so I, I didn't mind that bit being being open to the fact that you might be wrong on everything I don't think that's a, that's necessarily a negative no I, I no but that's that's he's trying to be clever there cloaking the whole thing in that when he's saying very oh, sure yeah, we, yeah he did not include Christianity in his list of things there that he was willing to be proved wrong. No, no, he did. He did. Mm, I think he was careful to ex- to exclude that. No, uh, I'm generally open to the possibility that everything I currently understand about the world and the afterlife may be wrong. Keep going. Well, no, and then he included like flat Earth and stuff. And, and when but you then, die, whether you're meant to avoid the light or follow it. Right. Keep going. He mentions Christianity. Yeah, but that's that's when he talks about afterwards. He, it's when, when he talks about um, that's another sentence. Ike, judging by the stridency of his tone, the dogmatism of his assertions, and his ill-disguised impatience with those who don't share his point of view, Christians most especially. So he's criticising David Ike for not being tolerant of Christians. I can't believe. I mean, it's it's laughable that he's used the word dogmatism. Oh, I know. I, I, the whole thing's projection. Why? Why can't, how can you get so awake in so many different ways and then yet end up subscribing to the most dogmatic anything ever? <laughs> that's, that's what I don't get. He, on one, I can't remember when it was, it was on one of the podcasts with Dick. He talks about Christianity being the biggest one or one of the biggest rabbit holes, doesn't he? That's, that's what he thinks. That's what they all think. They think it's this amazing rabbit hole. Mm. 
I mean, you and I have said on this podcast, it, it's... It is, but not in the way he thinks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you and I have said on this podcast, we don't... Well, of course we're not ruling out that that something that we don't understand created this universe. No, not at all. What we're saying is... Or, or many things. Or, or exactly. Uh, what we're saying is that there is no... There is no monotheism in the Bible, and the the structure that's been created from that book and others over the last two thousand years <laughs> has got nothing to do with any of it. Yeah, I mean it's it's a it's a it's a the Bible is a bad faith document, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> I made myself chuckle when I thought of that earlier as well. Um, but it, it's certainly been translated in bad faith. Yeah, absolutely. It? I, I think it is and, and now it, a bad faith document, and it could be. I, I guess you could argue that it was done by accident, but I don't. I don't. Right. I so don't that, think it was. You see, I like. I like that because that is a bit like the. That's a bit cock up versus conspiracy. It is. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And that's just saying no, 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 no. It's just a series of either innocent incompetence or people or well-meaning people who don't think they're doing wrong but they have a good enough reason at the time for doing what they're doing and it all slowly tends towards something that's that's bad um i'm going to take the i'm going to take my normal view on this which is of course it's fucking both okay and 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 that it's in, some people are directing it and other people are, are, are pushing it innocently and they know not what they do and everything else. Because, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, someone I haven't read for a while, Eugippius, okay. He's, he's great on describing and defining the structures in society and in government and organisations that do exactly that. that and and it, he is, he's very convincing about... about he's convincing in almost saying you don't need evil <laughs> you don't need someone to be evil to end up where we are and I think he's right but they're still there but they're still there and there are still evil people and that's painfully obvious so why can't it be both yeah I mean e- either way it's not looking good for Christians no because you're you know when you translate the Bible properly and read it I mean, it's yeah. all there um, it's Cliff High calls them the members of the Elohim worship cult. <laughs> That's his latest phrase for them. <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's. But then he, he, well, he says, I mean, I'm I'm not on social media, so I don't know what he, he's getting into. Now that he's back on, he, he's back on Twitter. They're, they're not an Elohim worship cult. No, he, he challenges if he goes, which Elohim do you worship? Yeah, and stuff. That's that's what he, I mean. he he. he he just floors them every time. Apparently, I mean, that's that's what he's saying. I've not, I've not, I've not checked yeah. that stuff. But I, I can believe it. I can believe that he wrong foots these people all the time. It's the jealous L worship cult, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> yeah. But that's that's so right. The other thing I've done, I think I sent you a link to one of these. So, um, so Gab have now got their their AI. Yep. So you yes. just go to, you can just yeah. go to the URL gab.ai. And it's fantastic, okay? So um, ChatGPT, you've got to register, you've got to log in and all that kind of stuff if you want to get anything good. And you've got to pay money, in fact. Not a lot. You can pay a few dollars a month and have access to the the latest version of everything, um, which I know I've got some friends who, who do this stuff. And the coding standards are so much better and stuff like that. Um, but Gav have launched this thing 
with all these characters that they've programmed in. And it's fantastic. You can go and have a conversation with Donald Trump on there. I've, I've been it's looking. Because so there's character AI and stuff as well, isn't there? There's other yes. websites. I've, I've, I was looking. This is a couple of months ago. Um, last last year, maybe like September, mm. October last year, I was looking into this and looking at, looking into what it would take to program our own one. Oh, fantastic. And it's not that much. Right. There's not that much knowledge involved. And so you can program into it what you want because it's obviously got access to... Um, Do you know what I need? I need it to listen to all of our podcasts and then be me. And then I can just ask me. <laughs> and then it's just like having a clone. I can, I can just... Instead of having to think about it, what, what, and then it can be, what would I do? Yeah. <laughs> Instead of what would Jesus do, what would Nick do? Um, so you can, you know, obviously you've got access to lots of information and stuff, but you can like you can code in personalities, and the way that you mm. do that, you can so you can put little things in, like you can use, you can like write it in JSON, um, but it will just understand sentences. So mm. a lot, a lot of people write them in sentences. But again, I, this is where I want to say it. Again, I'm sure we've said it before. What we call AI are just large language models. We should be calling them LLMs. That's, okay? that's the thing. They are merely predicting, based on a lot of words that they have linked in a database somewhere, what something should sound like. And, and so the, there are very clear limitations. And just because it sounds like someone's talking to you and writing to you and they're doing it very quickly, even the fact that you see on the screen the words appear one after the other, and the occasional pause before it gets to the other words should be clear that it's like almost running a probability engine on what the next word should be. And it has no intelligence whatsoever. <laughs> but my point was, there's a Bible scholar. Yes. Gab. Yeah. And so after having a quick chat with right-wing John and left-wing whatever, um, and Trump, I had to have a conversation with Trump, obviously, um, spent five minutes with each of them. I asked, I asked the lefty about the labour theory of value and all this kind of stuff. Um, I actually, I tell you, the most disappointing conversation was with the conspiracy theorist. They've got a conspiracy theorist on there, and I, I asked him about flat Earth, <laughs> and it, it was worse than talking to a, a flat earther. Um, because there was just these lines that he just came out with, this character, that were just entirely dismissive without bringing any evidence whatsoever. And I thought, well, that's interesting because the internet, you, could, you can scrape the internet and it's full of stuff that can give you the for and against for, for Flat Earth, as an example, like any other of these things. And so I was expecting to be challenged with the normal tropes that a Flat Earther would come with. But it was... No matter what I said, it was basically just evidence. You know, what I was coming back with was evidence that it was a conspiracy. <laughs> it was just, it was this really circular thing that kept going on with the character. But the Bible scholar, really useful, really useful. I sent you I think, some screenshots because I I managed to tie it in knots, but um, got access again to a lot of the original stuff. So it was even coming up with and showing me her Hebrew words in you know Hebrew um, script and stuff um, when I'm asking for definitions and things. Um, but I did manage because I've read the Mauro Biglino stuff. I was able to like a guided missile target 
target certain things that I knew it would answer in a certain way, and then that was when I knew I would come in with something else. And so, for example, the uh, the smell of the burning flesh that uh, that the offerings give to Yahweh that he finds so pleasing. Uh, it was in full denial of that until I asked it to define the word directly, and then it defined it exactly in the way that that I said. It was really Weasley though, because didn't you yeah, say something like um, aren't sacrifices associated with the you know the the the, the pleasing sensation or whatever i can't remember exactly how you worded it yeah and i said no it's not and then when you said well okay what about this what about translate this i said well well the the smell that results in the sacrifices yes. associated but not the sacrifices that themselves. it said it, it had a phrase that said directly it's not associated and then by the time i'd pushed it it said it was associated yeah and so associated again, but not directly it was it was like yes, present but not in, involved it, it was it? it was it was a proper, Most, mostly peaceful indirectly associated well Associated is associated. I mean, again, I'm, but the, the, I mean, important point there, which is um, these so-called AIs, they are they always come across as being massively confident in what they're saying, and that's I think deliberate. Mm-hmm. But they are so often wrong. But they also, I, I imagine as well, these arguments are coming from arguments that they've read from other. Uh, absolutely other other, Bi- other, no other bible scholars yeah. and these other bible scholars are going to be really fucking weaselly as absolutely. well aren't they so that's where they get it from absolutely um and and yeah when i kept pushing on um on the fact that sacrifice kind of died out um that uh the the the, the views coming back which is obviously the, the the narrative and and what's interesting is you, you i'm getting the collected works of all of these bible scholars mm rather than having to talk to one. It's fantastic. I can I can do it now from my phone and I can get all this stupidity back. Um, but it, it was saying that there are specific passages in the Bible that illustrate that after a certain point in time, it just wasn't needed anymore. The sacrifices just weren't needed anymore. And it ties it to uh, Jesus dying on the cross as being kind of the ultimate sacrifice. And so it, was, it, it got to a point and then... Jesus, Jesus died to save your sins. Therefore, you now no longer need to need to do these I've, sacrifices. I've heard that argument before uh, as well. Absolutely, absolutely. And then again, so you get into, and so it's like, well, tell me where that is in this passage. And then it and it turns into something that King David said in a psalm, or rather, the psalm is of King David saying something. I'm not saying King David wrote the psalm. Um. And so, so I chose, hang on a minute. Yahweh directly has said he likes this shit all, all through the Old Testament, okay? And you're quoting me one passage of a human that is saying you no longer need, to, you, you know, you, you don't need to sacrifice anymore. I was like, I want to hear it from Yahweh himself. <laughs> you, you know, why aren't you finding this from Yahweh? And again, all you get is uh, from, the, from the Bible scholar AI is is that it's symbolic you start getting as soon as you fight anytime you challenge an element with with well this this verse over here directly contradicts this verse over here and that's just symbolism it's it's symbolism when it's when they when it suits them yeah yeah it's it's symbolic when it when it when it's convenient um it's interesting asking about the uh the book of the wars of yahweh as well 
because that is mentioned. I can I can find you the passage very specifically. Uh, there is a, there is a psalm or something that mentions the the book of the wars of Yahweh, um, and uh, um, the Bible scholar says, "Oh well, that's, it was probably not included because you know probably probably." But ironically, it's just like for political reasons. But I think what they mean is geopolitical reasons. Um, whereas I think you and I would agree that's that's more political. In I think they've got that bang on. Uh, yeah, in in terms of uh, um, whether or not it would dispel um, the myth of the of the Almighty Lord. Um, but you see, even without the Book of the Wars of, of Yahweh, there's just so much death at uh, yeah at at the hands of Yahweh, sponsored by, enabled by Yahweh. Yahweh is not a good guy in in the Bible. And and I, and and that's that's another amusing thing, I think, to challenge any um any Christian with. And again, I, one of my favorite um one of my favorite tropes is I'm more of a New Testament person. <laughs> How many times have you heard that? Oh, it's it's yeah, it's it's the or the the you know you can you can read the Old Testament, but it gets overruled by the New Testament. So yes. don't take don't take it literally. Yeah, I've heard that many times. Yeah, oh, I'm more of a New Testament person. Yeah, I'm more of an Old Testament person. <laughs> that's that's definitely where I'm finding myself. But f- just full of death and destruction. But I recommend if you want to um, if you want to have a chat. And 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 it's a it's a bit like it's a it's a bit like the kind of conversations that you would have got into on Twitter. Well, I, I said I said from the beginning. I remember when um, when when Chat GPT came out. If you need it, a fix, it was like it was like Chat NPC, wasn't it? It was yes. like talking to an NPC. Yeah, you no longer needed so, these NPCs on Twitter. But but my point is, if if you want to get that fix, then it's there. It's right there for you. Yeah, but I'm not actually winding people up. That was what that was how I got my fixes, knowing that people were getting wound up. Yeah. And trolling them. Yeah. It's not as yeah. fun trolling a robot. <laughs> yeah. It's it's quite nice to find flaws in it though. Cuz it's just nice to go, yeah, well like this is this is still just a model and I've worked out a way around it already. Speaking of trolling people, can can we lose a few of our remaining audience? You're going to go after voters again, aren't you? Of course you? I am. Do we have a voter left in our audience? <laughs> I've got I've got an honest question for them. Well, not an honest question. Yeah, this is how you always couch this. <laughs> I've just got a really simple observation. If you could just answer this for me, well, okay. I'll vote. Well, so <laughs> make this make sense. The average IQ is <laughs> starting well, right? Is about hundred, isn't it? In, no, in this by, country, by, by definition, I think the average, yeah. isn't it? So I don't know. If that means that we've got more intelligent or less <laughs> with our scores. Well, so the the average IQ in in Britain and most of the, most countries around the world is about hundred. Um, I think I think Japan has the highest average. It's like it's only hundred like hundred seven or something. Right. Okay. Um, but anyway, the, the average average IQ is hundred, which is not a lot. Okay. You know, a hundred is not a, is not a high IQ. If you're if you're voting for something, if you want everything decided by an average intelligence of a hundred, then the only way that can be beneficial to you is if you're is if below. you if you're below 100 so in order for it to be worth it your iq must be lower than 100 so all voters must have an iq lower than 100 
Right, but aren't you making an assumption here? I am making an assumption, but the only the only the only way voting can ever be beneficial to you, whether you know it or what not. What you mean is is that the person you're voting for must be more intelligent than you. Otherwise, there's no point. Is that is that the point you're making? No, I'm just saying that you're you want in 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 a democratic system um, where you uh, where you vote and decide for things. Okay. Oh, you're talking about taking the average. Take it's yes. If you want something divide, if you want something decided by a group of people, then you've got to take the average intelligence of that group of people. Yes. And if the average intelligence is a hundred, the well, only the only way that having that collective decision making will be beneficial for you is if you're lower than that average. You, you will get. You know, I've never thought about it that way, but democracy is about averaging. Oh, of course it is. Yeah. And uh, and of course you will always get the average opinion. And and that average might be the mean mode or median because there's different ways of, of calculating an average. But um, but you're right, you will only end up getting average. Um, and that's about the most charitable thing I could possibly say about, about democracy. Um, because you don't... That's putting the absolute best case spin yeah. on democracy. Well, Assuming so, that the people who voted, voted in are evil and that the system isn't corrupt and everything else, and that it's not immoral in the first place because it, you know, let's say it's all voluntary, um, you still the best the best you can hope for is the average. Yes, that was my point. When breaking it down and and, and yeah. assuming in good everything else is in good in faith, good faith, yeah, you're still getting decisions made by an average IQ of a hundred. Yeah, and I mean, so it really is only beneficial for you if, you, if you're in the the bottom half I mean any any two fascists have more of a say than you do any two think of two people that you hate who live in your vicinity who in, in who who you despise who have re- opposing view maybe right. you don't hate the, them have the assumption you're views. making there is that you can't find someone with 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 your views no no I'm no 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 I'm not saying that at all I'm saying that if you can if you can think of two people that you dis, that you disagree with yeah, those two people have more control over your life than you do, because they have two votes between them. And you have one. It's just—it's all—it's ridiculous. But I'm saying that the argument you're making for them having control because there's two of them, you just need, the 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 standard argument is, you just need to get together with other like-minded people to counter those votes. So as long as you find another two people. Sure, but why should you have to do that? I'm not saying. Why should? I'm not saying. Why should two fascists have more, or two communists, or whatever, have more of a say in your life than you do? That's democracy for you. Yeah, and don't what, try and defend it. What I'm saying, no. What I'm saying is, no, no. I'm going to make a very important point, which is the only way you can, <laughs> the only way you can try to make democracy work in their terms is to become collectivist. Oh you, yeah, you have to be. You have you have to try and be in the bigger tribe. It's the theory that the the, the, the only w- way is to be in a bigger tribe. Yeah, it's it's the theory that your demands of other people are moral as long as you outnumber them. Yes, but then the kind of the complete. Um, oh, I'm losing the right word. You have to also accept that your morals and your decisions are subservient to those of the group that you join in order to try and get get against the other group that you're facing. So 
straight away you have to ignore your own you, you have to water down your own views in order to find a group that is the most compatible or that it's least worst territory again or find the one that beats the, the people that are the worst in your view yes so if you think fascism is the worst thing then you need to find the communists <laughs> and if you think communists are the worst thing possible then you've got to side with the fascists and that's what it boils down to. And then, and least by, worst in your and, eyes. Yeah, but by doing that, all you're doing is prolonging rule by communists and fascists and communists and yes. fascists. And nothing is off the table. You can vote anything you like into existence. Yeah, nothing is off. The, you know, you, you could, you know, think of, uh, think of the awful things that governments have done as well. You know, when when we talk about, uh, you know, you could you could have, you know, you could have it. it Democracy gave us communism and fascism in the 20th century. In the 21st century, it's given us lockdowns and death jabs and all these kind of things. And yep. we talk, when we talk about like the wars and killing children and stuff, and it's like killing children by proxy, and it's like these aren't theoretical things. They have happened. This, this isn't me warning you that something like this might happen in the future. Yep. This has all happened and yeah. has happened consistently yep. since voting existed. It's never not happened. Yeah. And, and you're still voting. And... And the people who do end up in the positions of power, I'm gonna I'm gonna confidently say they have absolute power. Because I can't find the evidence that they don't. Yeah, and the people who over your life. Yeah, the people who I would say that the people who have the absolute power aren't the people who you vote in. As in there are the, the puppeteers or Yes. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm saying that, um, yeah, okay, so the, the assumption is that the people in that, that we see in power are the ones making decisions. So assuming that that's the case, they have absolute power. If someone else is telling them what to do, then of course it's the person who's telling them what to do. But, but for Boris that, for and that Rishi... For, for that four or five years, they can do absolutely anything they like. They're not, they're yeah. not beholden to anything. Yeah, well, and, um, you know, Justin Trudeau, who... I imagine is going to be the Prime Minister of Canada until he dies. I don't know. I just I just can't see anything changing in Canada whatsoever. Have, um, they, have they got term limits in Canada? I've got no idea, but there doesn't seem to be any evidence of it so far, does there? Um, but he, uh, so his his government has now had their the equivalent of the Supreme Court, whatever the highest court in Canada is, rule that the you know, the freezing of bank accounts, the use of those emergency powers. Um, was wrong to when they were trying to disband the uh, the truckers uh, and stuff like that, um, and that's now about two years later. Yeah, um, we've only just had one complete year without without COVID nonsense. Um, so we're two, or maybe in a month's time it'll be something like two years ago, and it's after the fact. It doesn't matter. He got to wield the power. And that's it. It's done. And so the idea that these things are in any way checks and balances. Look, I'll, I'll, I will, I will celebrate anything that that makes it more public that says it was wrong. But it's it's not some game changing moment. There, so there, there were never. I mean, there were never any consequences if you were in government. And also, it wasn't yes. just that it's wrong. It's like this. It was illegal. 
Yes. They've broken the law by doing this. Yes. And so are you hauling anyone off to jail then? Well, no, because that never happens. If, that if, never if, happens. If, if you break the law, then you're Banged prosecuted up. and yeah. probably thrown in prison. Yeah. If the government breaks the law, well, lessons, lessons have been learned. Lessons have been learned. And, and even if the people literally who made the decisions are still there, and all the people that work for them, and all the people in the civil service and everything else are still there, no one ever takes the blame. No. And that's the thing, you know, that's the thing I object to. That That's the... That again, it's the double standard. Like the you're not allowed to spread willingly spread misinformation, but all these news outlets over here, the media, big media, is it's it's nonsense. If you've enjoyed this edition of Sounding Board, make sure you subscribe on your favourite podcast platform and visit soundingboard.com to see all our audio recordings, videos and blogs. We don't want your money, but you can support Sounding Board by giving us a great review and sharing us with the people you know. If you have an idea for a topic of conversation, why not join us in our Telegram channel at t.me forward slash soundingboard. See you next time.